0: Hi, This is Jimmy Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage-building content. These are five things that women do for men that complete them and empower them. Number one is companion. Um, John 14, 16, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper that He may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is our eternal helper. Well, men and women are different. Uh, the, the four main needs of a man is respect is number one, sex is number two, friendship with his wife is number three, domestic sports is number four. S- uh, friendship, a man wants to be buddies with his wife. A man wants to hang out with his wife. Now, when men are asked, who's your best friend, most men will say, uh, my wife. When women are asked who their best friend is, they'll say, Debbie. And we kind of get offended over that. But, but we, we like to buddy up with our wives. I'd rather be with Karen than anybody. And so part of the, the, the blessing of having a wife is you have your best friend right there. And marriage is good. We fall in love having fun together. We, we fall in love hanging out. And part of the problem can happen is kids. I mean, you get married, you have kids, and you kind of get lost in the role maybe of being a mother rather than being a wife. And you stop being together, you stop having fun. I'm gonna say something to you. You're always at your best when you're having fun with your spouse. Your marriage is at its best when you're enjoying each other and having fun. When you stop having fun in marriage, it's a very dangerous thing. You need to find something fun to do. There's a pastor in South Texas that tells a story of a couple and their marriage was in trouble. And one day this man was going deer hunting and his wife didn't, didn't like to hunt. She didn't deer hunt. And she came to her husband and he was leaving the house and she said, honey, can I go with you? And, uh, and of course he wanted to be with her. I mean, that, that was his dream to be with his wife, you know, deer hunting or having fun or whatever. Of course, in the state of their marriage, he was a little bit concerned that she was trying to get him alone with a firearm. And, uh, <laughs> but it healed their marriage. She didn't want to go hunting. She didn't like to hunt. But she came into her husband's world And she said, can I come and be with you? I'd rather be with Karen than anybody. I'd rather hang out with Karen than anybody on earth. She's my companion in life. That's what women are, companions. Number two, comforter. Um, Jesus said, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to send you back another comforter. Okay. Well, women are unbelievable comforters. There are several ways that women comfort men. One is physically and sexually, but also just affection. A woman's touch is the most comforting thing on earth to a man, to a child, to anybody. Women are anointed in this area, again, because it's your role. Let me, let me say something about the difference between men and women. Women are much more emotionally tough than men, okay? And, and this is, women don't get this. Women don't understand this. And we, men get upset like when you're having a conversation and you're trying to talk something out with your husband, we get much more upset more easily than women do. Women can fight, women can have just an emotional fight with another woman or something and their blood pressure doesn't go up and afterwards they're ready to go shopping. I mean, they're all good. Okay, They're just all good with that. Men, we're pulling knives and guns, we hate your guts. And so, we, we don't do that. When a man's, this is research, when a man's blood pressure goes above 100, he can't hear. So when your husband's upset, you have a zero percent chance of talking to him at that moment. You have to keep him comforted. I think you're a hunk. I think you're great. You know, if you're lying about the hunk part, Jesus will forgive you. And you say it anyway. But you have to keep him comforted. And the number one thing that comforts men is respect. When you're for me, I know you like me. I know you respect me. And that keeps me comforted. But women, women are there to comfort their husband. Doesn't mean you're not an equal. Doesn't mean that you can't say whatever you want to say. But you have to remember, if, it, you, if you keep upsetting your husband, if you physically withdraw from your husband and begin to talk to him in negative ways, you're doing the opposite of what you're called to do. That's another way to say it. Number three, role of women as counselor, spirit of truth. Uh, John 14, 17, John 16, 13, both call the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth. And I'm just saying, women are gifted with wisdom and and intuition. Now Karen would, uh, when we first got married, I I called it nagging, you know, but it wasn't nagging, she was just sharing her opinion. Um, But Karen's wise. It took me a long time to figure it out because I just kept thinking she she doesn't get it, she's not smart like I am. And she would say something to me about people or she would say something to me about something that she felt and I thought, well, your feelings are your feelings. God bless you. You know, have a good day. But I'm not going to base my life on your feelings. But well, then what I found out was a lot of her feelings were intuition and wisdom. And let me say this. I would never make a decision without Karen Evans. Because we, we are two halves of a whole. And when a man thinks, when, when a man devalues, see, the Holy Spirit speaks to us when we ask him to. If you don't, if you don't want the Holy Spirit to speak to you, he won't. He won't intrude in your life. But if you go to the Holy Spirit and say, teach me how to be a husband, teach me how to be a wife, teach me how to do this, teach me how to do that, he's a talker. The Holy Spirit will teach you anything you wanna know. It's the same way with wives. A husband needs to let his wife know, I want you to tell me what you think. I value your input. It doesn't mean that, you're, that she's always right, but I'm telling you, women are spiritual, and women have a wisdom that men need to seek out. And in decision making, when Karen and I make a decision together, we never make a bad decision. When I make decisions by myself, I make bad decisions. I need Karen, she, she's phenomenal as a counselor, as a, as a truth speaker in my life. Number four role of women is convictor. Um, this is John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Well, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is sweet. It's not, Uh, You know, hellfire and damnation, it's sweet, it's specific. The Holy Spirit comes into our life and specifically tells us something that we need to change, and he helps us change. He doesn't nag at us. He doesn't threaten us or anything like that. But a 48-year-old married man has a 90% chance of reaching the age of 65. A 48-year-old single man has a 60% chance of reaching the age of 65. Men are safer and better with a woman next to them. You say, well, why? Because here's what wives do. Don't eat that. Don't eat, you're eating too much. Don't drink that. Don't watch that. Don't do it. You're speeding. Slow down. Cops around here speeding. And and every husband knows you have the Holy Spirit with you always when she's there. (laughs) Convicting you. I'm not making eye contact with Karen right now. I'm looking over her head. All right. Not nagging, not be, but women are natural at that. And Karen saves my life. You know, and they go to the, you know, the pharmacy or the drugstore, or whatever and they come back with all these vitamins and you know, I told them all your issues and here, take this. And so, you know, it keeps you alive. Number five, connector. The Holy Spirit is represented by a dove, it means peace. And this is John 16, when he the Holy Spirit, when he the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said he will take of mine and declare it to you. Part of the, the, the role of the Holy Spirit is to connect us to Jesus and God the Father. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all co-equal and co-eternal. But part of what the Holy Spirit does is remind us of Jesus. So those are the five roles That the Holy Spirit plays in our lives and women are Holy Spirit-like. When you're being a good wife, you're acting like the Holy Spirit. Here's the nature of the Holy Spirit in wives when they're acting like the Holy Spirit. Number one is gentle. This is not a weak person. This is a powerful person who has the power to kill you, but they love you. This, This gentleness here is power under control. This is not a mousy woman. This is a woman who believes that her God is powerful enough to change you. And so I'm not going to be rough with you. Gentle and quiet is the opposite of rough and loud. I'm not going to be disrespectful to you. I'm not going to be rough and loud with you because my God is able to change you. And I'm going to be like the Holy Spirit. Number two is pure. The nature of the Holy Spirit, the nature of wives. Uh, the, the Holy Spirit's first name is Holy. And it just means he's never going to use a wrong method to try to produce a result. You know, nagging, uh, criticism, threats, punishment, withdrawal—anything like that is not going to happen. Number three is positive. The Holy Spirit is positive. He's like a cheerleader. And uh, Galatians five twenty-two: the the fruit of the Spirit is joy. The Holy Spirit is joyful. Why is the Holy Spirit joyful? Because He knows it's going to be okay. The Holy Spirit's not negative because the result's going to be good. Why is the result going to be good? Because God is here. Why am I so positive? Because my God is able to overcome the challenges, the mountains, the giants, the problems in my life. And I'm not gonna get down because my God is a great God. And so joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, being positive. Number four is patient. Uh, One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is patience. The Holy Spirit is committed to the long-term process of us becoming who we are. I want you to change, but you don't have to change completely today. I'm committed to the long-term process. The fifth is gracious. The Holy Spirit gracious means treating a person better than they deserve. The opposite of that is performance. Performance Performance-based love. If you're good, I'm going to treat you good. If you're bad, I'm going to treat you bad. That's performance-based love. But the Holy Spirit is very gracious. He treats us better than we deserve. And even on bad days, he's He's a good God and treats us good. So the Holy Spirit, women are companions, comforters, counselors, convictors, and connectors. That's the role that they play, and they do it gently, in a pure way, in a positive way, in a patient way, in a gracious way. That's how God created wives to function. This is the role of husbands, the Christ-like. Women are Holy Spirit-like. Men are Christ-like. And here's Ephesians 5, where we're told this. Ephesians five twenty-five. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water with the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So it says husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I wanna stop right here and I wanna say something. You know, uh, we, li- we all grew up in families and our families, you know, all- every family is dysfunctional to some degree. And the Bible doesn't say love your wife as your, hus- as your father loved your mother. The Bible doesn't say love your wife as your friends love their wives. The Bible doesn't say love your wife as you see people on TV acting, it says as Christ. No one ever accidentally becomes a Christ-like husband. The way that you become a Christ-like husband is to say to God, I want you to make me into a Christ-like man. And the standard that I'm gonna live my life by is not comparing myself to other men or other people in my family. But the standard that I'm gonna live my life by is I want to be like Jesus Christ. And I want to love my wife like Jesus Christ. That's the standard by which I love Karen is not to justify any behavior based on what other people are doing, but to always try to be Christ-like, and that's what the Bible says. Let me finish by talking about the three offices. The, The anointing represents three offices in the Old Testament, prophet, priest, and king. And Jesus came as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophetic office, the priestly office, and the king. Jesus was the ultimate prophet, the ultimate priest, and the ultimate king. So when it says, husbands love your wives, as the anointed one loves the church. In Ephesians five that we just read, it tells men how to be a prophet, a priest, and a king. Let me talk about these for just a minute. A prophet is responsible for accurately and faithfully delivering the word of God. That's what a prophet did. That's what husbands are supposed to do. That's what Jesus did, priests. They were intercessors between God and man to solve problems and to reconcile relationship. A king was appointed by God to rule over the people as his re- a representative. And here's how Jesus fulfilled all three roles. As a prophet, Jesus was the incarnate word of God. In Matthew 4 4, Jesus said that it was more important, the word was more important than food. He lived the word before us and told us what God had to say. As a priest, Jesus healed sick people and compassionately did miracles. He even sacrificed his own life to make things right with God. He still intercedes for us before God, and he is a sensitive and sacrificial priest. As a king, Jesus was a gentle and humble authority figure who washed feet and related on a personal level. His authority was different, it was for the benefit of others and not himself. So Jesus was the ultimate prophet, priest, and king. Well, here's how men are to be uh, prophet, priest, and king in their home a prophet, husband, is a man who diligently seeks to hear God's voice and to know God's word for the benefit of his family. This includes living a life consistent with scriptural standards and values, but not legalism, nothing like that. This is Ephesians five, listen to what it says about husbands in the word of God. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Men are supposed to be men of the word. and I mean not, not legalistic, not authoritarian and dominant. But we're supposed to be men of the word. We, we're supposed to be men listening to God and, and hearing what God has to say for our family. It's not saying our wives don't hear God because we need to listen to what they have to say also. But it means we're supposed to be men of the word. Well, I was not. When Karen and I got married, uh, I was not a man of the word. And a week before we got married, I, Karen told me she wouldn't marry me because of how immoral I was. And I was very immoral. And 100% of my sex education came from very bad places. And I imported that into our marriage. And I thought that sin would spice up our lives. And Karen never went for it, thank God I married a godly woman. But I was not a godly man. Sin, sin kills. And sexual sin kills. The best sex takes place in an atmosphere of righteousness. The number one thing that women w- w- are attracted to in men is character. Good character in a man is a turn on to a woman. Bad character is a turn off. And the lie the devil wants you to believe is that sexual sin will spice up your lives. It'll destroy your life. It'll destroy your marriage. It will destroy your family. It's a destroyer. The wages of sin is death. That's all it does. Jesus said the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so being a man of the word means your marriage is going to get better and better and your wife is going to blossom like a rose. It says that Jesus washes his bride in the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself a glorious church, a glorious bride. And that's what happens when you're a man of the word is it preserves and promotes the well-being of every aspect of your life and your marriage. Number two is a priest, a man who sensitively and sacrificially meets his wife's needs and helps her deal with spiritual, emotional, physical, family, and financial issues. And it says husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself or no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. Let me talk again about sex for just a minute. And, and that is um, pornography objectifies women, makes them an object and it de-emotionalizes them. And if a man views that and believes that that is the norm, he's gonna reject his wife because women are emotional. In a wife, a woman has to be pastored. For her, a woman's sexuality is not compartmentalized. Everything in a woman's life is connected to her sexuality. The broken washer, the tree in the backyard dying, her, mo- her mother's broken finger, the cat that's missing, all of that is a part of her sexuality. And so for a man, for a righteous husband to enjoy sex with his wife, you've gotta call somebody about the tree, pray for her mother's finger, Get the washer fixed. You got you to take care of all that stuff. Okay, and at the end of pastoring your wife, you're going to get the response out of her that you're looking for. But it is absolutely a satanic lie to believe that any of those de-emotionalized, hypersexualized women exist in the real world. They don't. Number three is king. So we need to pastor our wives. Listen to her. Be sensitive to her the way you would your own body. Take care of her. And there's a big payoff for that. Number three, king. A man who is the servant leader of his home, treating his wife as an equal, and with the focus on her well-being, he is the initiator of decision-making and problem-solving without being dominant. Okay, So Ephesians 5, the husband is the head of the wife, is also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ. So let the wives be their own husbands and everything. Well, men and women are completely equals. But it's saying here that men are the head of their wives. Yeah, great. You know, you know why if you're a Christ-like man, no woman minds a Christ-like husband being her head. And the reason is, is because Jesus is a servant leader. Jesus got down and washed the disciples' feet. And Peter said, never, Lord, don't do this. And Jesus said, "If I don't, you can't have any part of me unless you do this. And he said, "In the Gentiles, they rule over each other, but not so among you. The greatest among you will be the servant of all. A Christ-like husband serves his wife. Hey everyone, Dave and Ashley
1: here. And we're talking today about how to be a spirit-filled spouse. And specifically, what does God expect of a husband and a wife? Because he's the one that gives us the roadmap in the Bible for the way a marriage is supposed to work. And if we get away from that, we're sabotaging our marriages. But if we'll follow His plan, it's gonna lead us to a great place in our marriage.
2: That's so true. And you know, if there's one word that just encompasses what God calls us to as spouses, I think that one word we have to be serving. We're supposed to serve one another. And you know, it's gonna look a little different for a husband and a wife, but we're gonna talk specifically about how we can do that today.
1: So we're gonna start with husbands, all right? Man to man, if you guys are watching, tune in three Mm -hmm. ways that you can serve uh, your spouse. And number one is simply, to, to serve by serving, and I know that sounds like common sense, but I, I think so often we forget what serving really means, and it really means to roll up your sleeves and to do the things for your spouse that she has called you to do. The Bible says that we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church, and he served her. He gave up his very life for her, and that model of sacrificial service, even being willing to lay down our own life for our wife, that's what we're called to, man, and that's a high standard, but we're, we're called to do it.
2: You know, guys, one practical way you can do this for your wife is answer the phone whenever she calls. As simple as that, because that shows her that she's a priority, and it's a way that you serve her and show her that you love her and that you always have time for her.
1: And I would also say put the phone down when you're with her. Don't make her Absolutely. compete <laughs> with technology or with anything else. Let her know by your eye contact, by your words, by your time, she's a priority. Second way we serve is by following, we follow Christ. Paul wrote in scripture, follow me as I follow Christ. We as husbands have a unique responsibility to to lead our families through serving and lead our families by taking that first step towards moving us along in a closer relationship with Christ. And if you want your family to follow you, the only time you're gonna be headed in the right direction is when you are following Jesus. So make sure that that is a priority. And number three, protect your wife, protect your family. Protect her physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally. Protect her with your words. Protect her with your actions. Protect her by being a man who's worthy of her trust and not doing anything to break that trust. And if you if you have a wife who feels secure because of your actions, because she knows she can count on you, she can depend on you, then you're gonna be bringing out the best in her and the best in your
2: marriage. It's so true. And one thing that I always wanna talk about with husbands is you have to also protect her and your words that you say about her when she's not around. Protect her reputation. Because I think sometimes in order to fit in with friends, we might talk about our old ball and chain or our old lady and talk negatively about you know, your wife when you're just trying to kind of be with the guys, but that's so negative and it really just breeds more negativity. You know, we need to surround ourselves first and foremost with people who value their marriages, but we also need to value our own marriage. And how we talk about our spouse to their face and when they're not around is so important.
1: Yeah, brag about your spouse, don't nag about your spouse, right? So, so true. You get around- so on friends true. they're nagging about their spouse be the one who's building your spouse up so sweetie what what can the wives do to to live this out in their lives
2: well i think when as wives the way that we serve our husbands is first and foremost, by supporting him. And this this can kind of take on three different postures. First, we need to affirm him. You know, when we notice that our husband is doing something right, we need to tell him. It's so important to do this. You know, one of the biggest needs that a man has is to feel like his wife thinks he's able to do things. And I know this sounds kind of silly to some people, but it's just, you know, building up his confidence, letting him know that you think he's amazing. And so every time we do that, it builds him up. I
1: I feel like a superhero when I think that she thinks good things of me and i want i want yes. to earn that you know that that respect and trust so your words ladies mean so much be his Indeed. biggest cheerleader not his biggest critic
2: that's right and that really carries over to our second way and that's to appreciate him thankfulness goes so far in a marriage you know every time you see your spouse doing something that is for you and the family thank him for it Tell your husband that you just appreciate how hard he works for the family. Tell him you appreciate when he gives you a foot rub or when he takes the kids so that you can have a moment or, or whatever it is. I know Dave is so amazing about putting the kids down to bed. He is like a master at getting them to sleep. And it gives me a moment at night to kind of gather my thoughts. And it is amazing. I'm the baby and so whisperer. I thank him for him. He I can is. get him to
1: sleep. He's That's awesome. It. It's one of my few skill sets.
2: And I I love that about him. And so number three is to admire him, admire your husband. Tell him that you think he is the man. Tell him the the attributes in him that you want more for yourself and tell him how proud you are of him. You know, he just needs to know that you think highly of him. And and I think every time we, we use those words to say it and we show it in our actions, it just really builds our marriage up.
1: Absolutely. So keep growing in your relationship with Christ and then putting these principles into practice in your own marriage and God's gonna use it to bring you closer together than ever before. Thanks for watching, we'll see you next time. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and we wanna let you know about another marriage podcast with Dave and Ashley Willis called Naked Marriage, where they talk about real and raw marriage topics like sex, communication, openness, and more in a fun, lighthearted atmosphere. Search for Naked Marriage with Dave and Ashley Willis in iTunes and start listening today.